this is Jen, and you're listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast. These bite-sized episodes are designed to get you up to speed and comfortable with Mage the Ascension rules and concepts. Reread the books so you don't have to, though we do recommend it. Without further ado, welcome to Paradox. Welcome back to episode 9, Nothing Beats Rock, or a deep dive into the matter sphere. I would consider this the last somewhat easy to understand sphere. As usual, there are more esoteric and mystical interpretations of the sphere of matter, but generally speaking, it has fairly basic applications. As M20 states, to a mystic, nothing is truly inert, but what the sphere of matter deals with is those items that have no active agency of their own. What, you may say? There are other spheres without active agency. That isn't precisely true. Entropy and Prime are inherent forces in the world. Sure, they aren't thinking forces, but they do act of their own accord. Energy is born and it dies, whether that's a life or a gust of wind. Spirit in the world of darkness is about, well, spirits. And any mage who has met a spirit will tell you that they certainly act of their own accord. Correspondence is a little less obvious as it's about the connections between places, things, and people, but how do those connections form? Time is wibbly-wobbly, of course, and anything from a straight linear line to a circle and every permutation in between, but I don't think we have enough knowledge of time to determine it doesn't have active agency. Matter, though. Matter is about materials without that extra spark. Due to that, M20 does state that matter works best when combined with other spheres, but it can also be quite useful on its own. The matter sphere is one I haven't personally done a lot with over all of the characters I've played. Perhaps it's due to my innate ability to think scientifically. I tend to think of matter as the periodic table of the elements and the base elements that make up the world, and I struggle to think about it in any other sort of mystical sense that would better apply to some of the traditions. However, the sphere does apply to all of the inorganic patterns. A pattern is a metaphorical vessel that holds quintessence, and basically everything that exists in the world has a pattern, and every pattern is unique. Bigger patterns, like the human body, are made up of smaller individual patterns, our organs, our limbs, etc. And since matter applies to everything that is inorganic, there are so many different uses for it, particularly when you combine it with other spheres. Prime allows you to create solid forms out of energy. Correspondence allows for connecting objects across space. Entropy erodes or reinforces matter. Add forces to matter and you can transmute active elements into inert ones or vice versa. Adding life allows a mage to bridge the gap between living and dead, such as dealing with vampires. As a note, some mage players suggest a matter-prime combo instead of a matter-life one, due to the fact that Vitae, which keeps them active, is metaphysically the same as Quintessence. It's a life force. Whatever your ST and table decide, just be consistent. Of course, spirit, mind, and time also have similar interactions with matter, but any sphere can work with matter on some level, even mind, by imbuing mind patterns into objects. Got someone you dislike? Mind five and some matter magic? Put them in a rock. Moving on to what each level of the sphere can do. As always, the first dot of any given sphere is about perceptions. 
In the case of the matter sphere, this is about perceiving the intrinsic properties of base materials, such as their underlying structure, their innate properties, or their integral stability, or lack thereof. So a mage can view the material composition of an object, find hidden features or layers, etc. Two dots allows for basic transmutation of matter, such as changing one substance into another so long as you don't alter its essential shape, temperature, or basic state. So don't go changing a liquid into a solid or a solid into a gas at this level. However, depending on the way your mage does magic and what they believe, you may be able to turn lead into gold through alchemy or water into wine through divine intervention and a prayer. Rare and or complex materials are more difficult to fabricate, and your mage cannot fabricate radioactive materials without the addition of the forces sphere at this level. At three dots, you can alter the shape of materials in whatever way you desire. And you can temporarily change materials from one state, solid, liquid, or gas, into another. You need prime to make it more permanent. You can also change an item's density, fuse broken pieces together, or rip solid ones apart. Complex and radical transformations are possible at four dots of the matter sphere, though you may need other spheres depending on what you wish to change matter into, or what you want to change into matter. If your mage understands the principles behind more complicated objects, you can conjure complex items out of thin air, provided you achieve enough successes and only if the matter you are conjuring is truly all matter-related, of course. A computer would likely count as matter, but a computer that's on may also require forces to conjure the electricity as well. Some of the specialties in the matter sphere that you can take at this level are transmutation, shaping, conjuring, refinement, complex patterns, identification, rock licking. Okay, maybe don't take that last one, but you get the gist. At the mastery level of five dots, you can create substances that transcend the limitations of scientific possibility and conjure materials unknown to Earth's reality. Get your name on the periodic table, as it were. Moving on to the Archmage levels, Matter Arc Mastery requires comprehension of the relationship between the various matter patterns as both individual patterns and as a part of the whole. At Matter 6, the Archmage can more easily shift matter patterns through the various states of matter, solid, liquid, gas, plasma, and ether, though plasma requires forces 3 and ether, otherwise known as quintessence, requires prime 2. Matter 7 is about scale. Your Archmage can now grasp multiple disparate patterns and alter them simultaneously en masse. For example, instead of changing individual bricks in a wall, the mage can grab the whole wall and change every brick at once. The same Archmage could also turn a castle into butter. Though if they only got one success, it would be more like a butter-flavored block of stone, or a castle-sized stick of butter, or some other partial success. At eight dots of matter, an Archmage is able to exceed the normal bounds of scale when it comes to creating matter patterns, as well as simply changing them. At this level, the Archmage effectively creates patterns of patterns. They can weave templates and then fill them with replicating smaller patterns, like creating the outline of a wall that recursively fills in with bricks. Technically, the Archmage is more focused on the overall outline of, or template, and the bricks are a part of that template, despite being individual patterns themselves. Finally, at nine dots of matter, the Archmage can create matter patterns that respond to etheric patterns instead of physical ones. As esoteric as that sounds, the basic premise is that they can create material that actually looks different from person to person 
because it changes based on those individuals' mind patterns, or just some sort of spirit effect, or flow of quintessence. They can create materials with properties that are poisonous to specific natures or demeanors, or to a particular type of avatar essence. So, while the matter sphere has a tendency to feel a little bit of a single-use sphere, at least to me, there are plenty of things you can do with just the one sphere. With Matter 1, you can analyze a particular object or substance to determine various properties, such as exact weight, composition, etc. You can detect the durability of an object and know whether it has been damaged. You can detect whether there are hidden features, such as a secret compartment. You know how a disassembled object is supposed to fit together. You can find something different in an area of one type of matter, such as under the desert sands or sealed in concrete. This may also tell you what is there, if it's also matter and you get enough successes. But it may just be a blank space of not matter, if something else is there. You can find any imperfections in an object, even ones too small for the human eye to see. Add entropy 1 to matter 1, and you can zero in on an object's weakness, but matter 1 on its own, especially with enough successes, can act in a similar way. Matter 2 controls those simple transmutations, and can do things like magically repair an object that has taken damage, though the object must be mostly made of a single substance. You can melt a substance, uh, though the substance will quickly return to its natural state. However, this effect could be used to do things like melt a lock out of a door, or tear a hole straight through the door itself. You can also unmelt something that has melted. You can change a small chunk of one substance into another similar substance, like glass into a precious gem. Again, the item will return to normal over time, but it can be used to make a quick buck if needed, or conduct experiments on or with rare materials. You can also walk on water by strengthening the water's surface tension. Since Matter 3 allows you to temporarily alter the shape of materials in whatever way you choose, you can do things like change steel into fog, change water into glass, alter the density of an item, fuse broken pieces together, as I mentioned, in a way they weren't intended to be, or rip solid pieces apart that aren't supposed to come apart. You can build a perfected version of an object with no flaws that is more durable than normal. It's a great way to start with creating a wonder, though higher levels are needed for more complex items. And for those who are unaware, a wonder is a magical item that, depending on how it was created and what it was created to do, and how strong it is, can do some wild magical things. Matter 4 can either do radical transformations of objects into other things, using other spheres, or, on its own, it can conjure a gun or some other piece of complex machinery out of empty space. Provided the complexity doesn't involve other spheres and the mage understands the underlying principles of the machinery. In game terms, the mage would have the relevant ability dots, such as firearms or science gunsmithing or even crafts gunsmithing, really, but it's probably closer to a science. Really depends on your storyteller there. You can also transmute materials on a larger and more complex scale such as turning air into a banquet, which may seem like the same thing as conjuring something out of nothing, but the underlying principles and actions are different depending on your mage's paradigm. As a master mage at Matter 5, you can create new undiscovered materials with regular or strange properties, such as adamantium or vibranium, 
or bring unobtainium into being, thus making it obtainium? I'm not sure how that works. But you could also shape radioactive material as you would regular materials. As mentioned, the matter sphere is even more useful when you combine it with other spheres. Matter 1 and Life 1 will tell you whether food and drink are poisoned, spoiled, or otherwise harmful to life. Matter 2, Prime 2, and Mind 2 can take a liquid such as alcohol and cause it to infuse the drinker of that liquid with whatever emotions the mage chooses. Matter 2 and Prime 2 will animate bones and remains, or improve the taste of beer permanently, or, well, the specific beer permanently or allow you to channel counter magic through water and wash away evil magic by splashing it on someone. Matter 3 and Entropy 3 will age an object or completely disintegrate it. Life 2, Matter 2, and Prime 2 combined allow a mage to siphon off small amounts of quintessence from people in persistent vegetative states or long-term intensive care. This is often used by progenitors, one of the technocratic conventions focused on life magic. They're not always the good guys, but they're not always the bad guys either. Prime 3 and Matter 2 allow you to store quintessence into your own personal objects, much like TAS, which anyone can use. TAS is the physical manifestation of quintessence in the world. Occasionally, there are these hotspots called nodes where quintessence energy coalesces and it can become so concentrated that it manifests as a physical object and it can be anything. Forces 2 and Matter 2 allow the mage or technocrat to pull every firearm in the room into the caster's hands, lock them all together, and then fire them all simultaneously. Obviously, this cannot be aimed well and is a last-ditch effort, but it can be done. Life 3, Correspondence 3, and Matter 2 will turn any ordinary liquid into a poison specific to the target of the effect. The overall effect may differ, such as mystically aging targets, putting them to sleep, inducing visions, or, of course, straight-up killing them. But correspondence is used in this case to tie it to the specific target rather than simply anyone who ingests the liquid. Spirit 3 and Matter 2 will convert matter into spiritual ephemera. Matter 3, or more if the object is complex, and Prime 2 will conjure a new object out of quintessence. Matter 3 and Prime 2 will also conjure specific elements not covered by the forces or life spheres, such as earth, stone, metal, or water. Matter 5 and Prime 3 will allow a master mage to create a type of wonder called periaps by the traditions and matrices by the technocracy. These wonders will store quintessence or paradox and require Prime 2 to utilize. Matter 1 and Prime 1 will let you determine an object's mystical affinities, which can really help with finding materials for alchemical magic or other rituals. Matter 1 and Life 1 will let you detect implants, enhancements, and other integrations of living tissue and inert materials, such as if someone has a titanium hip or a pacemaker. Spirit 3, Prime 3, and Matter 2 allows you to bribe spirits by sacrificing assets and turning them into essence for the spirit. Spirit 4 and Matter 3 mean you can push physical objects into the spirit world or umbra without entering it. Matter 2 and Life 3 allows you to turn wine into blood, should that be something you want to do, maybe for a vampire friend. Or you could heal or harm that vampire friend instead with the same spheres. 
You could turn a vampire into lawn furniture with Matter 5 and Life 5, or do something similar with regular people at Matter 4 and Life 5. You know, if you want to moonlight as a Samitsi, which is a clan in Vampire the Masquerade, if you didn't know, they're known for their ability to mold flesh like sculptors would mold clay. Or with matter, you can do several things you may wish to do with Correspondence 2 or greater, like teleporting objects through space. Larger or heavier items may take up to Correspondence 4. Or you could send objects through time with Time 3. Again, larger or heavier objects may require a higher rank in time. Or with Correspondence 4 and Matter 2, or higher for complex items as per usual, you can ward an area against a specific kind of matter, such as warding against guns and then having a metal detector, which may make it coincidental. Speaking of coincidence, with a capital C, matter magic has a tendency to be vulgar, unless the mage in question is creative in their usage. A lot of this comes down to paradigm and beliefs, as scientifically-minded mages, or technocrats, may have an easier time convincing consensus reality that they are doing actual science, with base elements, rather than magic. However, there are many effects that could be done well before a mage would need it, such as reinforcing clothing or other accessories to provide armor, or forging special weapons or bullets prior to a fight. And those effects, while they require additional successes in order to last longer than a single action or scene, can either be done in a way to avoid witnesses, or completed in a sanctum to avoid paradox. While I will be covering backgrounds in more depth in another episode, I have mentioned several so far already, to briefly explain what a sanctum is, it's a specific location that is keyed into your paradigm, and therefore the reality of that location follows your beliefs rather than the consensus of the wider world. You can get one by either purchasing the background points at character creation, spending XP on those same background points with your ST's permission sometime during your chronicle, or your storyteller may grant you temporary access to one through other players, a mentor, or some other story aspect. Though if your paradigm doesn't match or at least closely resemble the Sanctum owner's paradigm, then it's a moot point as your magic may continue to be vulgar in that space, just like in the regular world. Technocrats refer to this space as a laboratory. Whether you're building up inorganic materials, breaking them down, or turning them into something else entirely, the Matter Sphere can be a very useful addition to your mage's arsenal, even if you aren't playing a technocrat. So go put your mage's name on the periodic table and give the Matter Sphere a try. You've been listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast, and you can find us wherever you can find podcasts. If actual plays are up your alley, check out Dork Tales on twitch.tv slash dorktales or youtube.com slash dorktales. Find us on the Dorktales Discord server, or check out our website at dorktales.ca. We are currently streaming a Mage the Victorian era game on Saturdays. Our Patreon subscribers have early access to the Technocracy Zero Sum game, which is also starting to roll out on YouTube for the general public. And we have several Mage one-shots and a short-run chronicle called Breaking Tradition on YouTube. Additionally, we are starting to roll out our Mage the Victorian era game in podcast form over on the Dorktales Podbean channel, also found wherever you can find podcasts. Finally, as always, there's also all of our other amazing content. Thanks for listening, and remember to always keep your magic coincidental, unless it's Fireball. Fireball.